Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Time on with Sam Edmund. Yes, good evening, everyone. We're now into time on on Monday, May 10. And what a hectic time on it's going to be. I'm Sam Edmund. I hope you had a great day. If it's been a hectic one for you too, you're just getting in the car, the train, the bus, or you just got home from work, we're about to bring you up to speed on the latest developments in the AFL, some significant ones at that, and the wider world of sport. This is your one-stop shop for the next hour. And if you haven't had the chance to have your say today about something from the weekend that has stayed with you or left an impression on you, the lines are open all show as is custom. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 0433981116. And on Twitter, we can be found at TimeOnSEN. But let's start here, where we do each and every week with the bulletin board. Let's open up with a match review panel. Took Miller will miss the Q clash. The midfielder and the Suns chose to accept his one-match ban for rough conduct. That was against St Kilda's Nick Caulfield. And GWS forward Jeremy Finlayson has accepted his one-week ban for a hit on Essendon's Zach Merritt and the Giants playing Richmond this weekend. Matilda's superstar Sam Kerr, she's won the Golden Boot and as Chelsea have again claimed the Women's Super League in style, a 5-0 hammering of Reading. Yeah, I mean, the most important thing is that we won the title, but, um, yeah, coming over from America, not going to lie, this feels pretty good. Yeah, it is special. I think it was always a dream of mine to come play in Europe and to continue to score and be a part of this amazing team. It's Yeah, I mean, this is my job to help us win titles, so I'm pumped. Hawthorne legend Shane Crawford has coached Victorian Country Footy Club Ardmona to its first win in nearly six years. They did it handsomely too, a 127-point romp over the Longwood Redlegs. And Shane Crawford spoke on RSN this morning. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great day. It all worked out really well. And, um, yeah, thankfully we had a win, finally. Mercedes superstar Lewis Hamilton has won his sixth Spanish Grand Prix, beating home Red Bull's Max Verstappen in Barcelona. And let's have a listen to how it finished up. And it's the chequered flag as the winner of the Spanish Grand Prix for Lewis Hamilton, who strengthens his grip then at the top of the table. Behind Lewis, Dan Ricciardo was better. He finished sixth and he outperformed his McLaren teammate Lando Norris for the first time this season. And in the US, Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit faces being stripped of the race after failing a post-race drug test with Hall of Fame trainer Bob Baffert sensationally suspended from Churchill Downs after the horse was found to have an anti-inflammatory steroid in its system. If Medina Spirit fails a second straight test, his Kentucky Derby win will be disqualified and Mandaloon will be declared the winner. A drug disqualification would be the second in history of the Kentucky Derby and the first since 1968. 
All right, let's grab a jumper, shall we? We're in this together for the next hour. one 736 On the show this evening, we'll have the Coach's Corner, the best of the post-match press conferences from across the weekend. We'll go back to the Magoo's report as well. Injuries, as you're about to hear, are absolutely raging eight rounds in and remain a massive talking point in the competition this year. So we'll bring you up to speed with who the reinforcements might be and who's putting their hands up across the second-tier competitions in the VFL Waffle and Sandful. And not forgetting, of course, we'll also close out the show with our regular segment, What Grinds Your Gears? You know what really grinds my gears? Of course, it doesn't need any explanation. Your chance to get something off your chest that you stewed on all Monday, work and life have gotten the way. Well, we'll play counsellor to whatever is grinding your gears from the weekend a little later in the show. And I have one that I need, very much need to part with a bit later on. But let's start on the injury front. Some massive news today. Injury carnage on field and off. North Melbourne star recruit Jaden Stevenson. He's got a fractured wrist. He's going to miss four to six weeks. Jaden Stevenson, he has a hairline fracture of the scaphoid. He will go in for surgery tonight, I'm told. And that is a massive blow for North Melbourne, who just need absolutely everything to go right, anything to go right at the moment. Winless, they've now got 13, perhaps even 14 on the injury list. Bonner did his ankle at the weekend as well. And now Jaden Stevenson salting the wound there. He'll go under the knife. A massive injury list at North Melbourne and David Noble with it all ahead of him and his coaching staff for the remainder of the season. Now, I had this one in my hot little hands for much of the afternoon, but it has taken a twist this evening. And it concerns the emerging superstar of the competition, Shay Bolton, who, well, we knew he had a broken wrist earlier in the day and we thought that was that was it. And when I say that was it, that's bad enough. He's one of the hottest players in the competition, set for a stint on the sidelines as... Uh, the Richmond injury list itself threatens to buckle them. And Bolton did play at the game against Geelong on Friday night, of course. He gathered 21 disposals, kicked three goals and hauled in an incredible mark of the year contender. But the twist is he suffered this injury because Channel 9 is reporting he heard it in a nightclub fight. Dan Rioli was involved too, as reported by Alicia Muelling. And Richmond have just released a statement moments ago, which reads... An altercation took place after Dan Rioli's girlfriend was subjected to inappropriate behaviour. Bolton became involved in the ensuing altercation and sustained a fractured wrist that will require surgery. He will be sidelined for the next two to three weeks. So not a full-blown broken wrist. Obviously a uh, a break within the wrist, if you like, of, of, uh, of that particular joint, which means it will only be a two to three week injury. But... Geez, a fight off the field always takes on more serious tones. And that's Richmond's statements which, uh, statement, which has just come through there. And regardless of how it happened, this Bolton setback comes at a terrible time for Richmond. Delicately placed at four and four in the pursuit of a fourth flag in five years. They now face something, I think you have to say, of a midfield crisis ahead of this game with GWS. Shane Edwards was also injured in that costly loss to the Cats. He's going to miss games with an ankle injury. We know that Kane Lambert, calf, Dion Prestia, calf, Trent Cochin, hamstring, all remain sidelined. And Dylan Grimes needs to overcome concussion to face the Giants as well. And at 22... Shea Bolton has emerged as one of the most exciting players in the AFL after a scintillating start to this season. He's out of contract at the end of it as well. No rush to sign a new deal at Punt Road. He is, though, surrounded by some very well-paid teammates at Richmond, so he would have to sacrifice significant, significant money if he's to turn his back on the open market and re-sign with the Tigers. So watch this space. Plenty to play out with that injury concerning Shea Bolton. 
And just to complete the injury chaos today, the high-flying Collingwood defender Jeremy Howe has learnt that he now needs surgery on that hamstring injury he initially sustained against West Coast over in Perth. Now feared he could miss the entirety of the season, certainly most of the rest of the season. He did aggravate scar tissue on his hamstring in a training session on Saturday, just when he was pushing for a return to the senior team this week. It was expected he was going to resume in round nine alongside Darcy Moore in defence. But he won't be. He's going to be missing for a long time. Terrible blow for Howe and Collingwood. And the two players who had head knocks on the weekend, Jordan Ruffhead and Nathan Murphy, will both miss with concussion. Lockie Hunter, well, he's going to undergo surgery on a broken hand himself. We await a timeline from the dogs on this and the anticipated return date. But Luke Beveridge revealing after that win over Carlton yesterday that Lockie Hunter had broken a bone in his hand. They were debating on whether surgery was needed. But it does need it need to be done. So Lockie Under will go under the knife and uh, he will uh, be back, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future. And I hope we got the audio of this. Zach Butters has just told SENSA that he has some nerve damage to his leg. Now, we know he had ankle surgery after the win over Richmond in round four. He had a syndesmosis injury, as a matter of fact. But as he's returned to running, he's experienced some pain. And he explained a little bit more about the setback on Kimbo and the Roach earlier this evening. Um, yeah, I started some running um, early last week. So, yeah, yeah, just as I was running, I was noticing some sort of weakness in my, my leg and um, up around sort of the same, on my same leg in the incident. And, um, yeah, got some scans and um, was seeing our doctors and physios and stuff. And, yeah, it's actually, it's pretty unfortunate. Like, it's pretty bit of a rare thing to happen. But from the same um, incident, I've, um, yeah, got some nerve damage in, in my leg. So, Zach Butters there on Kimbo and the Roach Geelong actually in some good news on the injury front. Our welcome is this. Luke Dalhouse cleared of any injury after that knock to the back against Richmond. Asava Radagalia wasn't concussed. Rather, he got a poke in the eye and he's good to continue. And Sam Simpson's hamstring is low grade. So thankfully, he won't miss too much football before he's available for selection again. And changing tack slightly, what about the Western Bulldogs great Scott West? Of course, he has his son Riley playing at the Western Bulldogs now. Well, he's attacked Luke Beveridge on Facebook for what he says is disgraceful management of his son, Riley. West, of course, won a club record seven best and fairest. It was a 324-game career at the Witten Oval. Well, he took aim at Beveridge after Riley was dropped following a five-disposal performance in the round seven loss to Richmond. Riley was an unused medical sub for Sunday's game against Carlton. And West launched at Beveridge in a Facebook post that he did publish before the match. And he said, that's how you manage young players, Scott West said. Yes, he is my son, but seriously, you make him wait for five weeks. All of excellent form and stats in the VFL. You play him against the best team of the last five years. And yep, he didn't play well, but then you drop him. Absolutely disgraceful management. And now that post on Facebook has since been deleted. But I can confirm that was from Scott West. Not great for anyone, I wouldn't have thought. So... Whoa, what a big day it's been on the news front. Um, a lot to digest, what we brought you off the top. Glenn's in Mooney Ponds. You're welcome to open the batting with us on time on. Glenn, how you doing? Yeah, good. Good, thanks. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, just want to have a gripe about Marvel Stadium. Went there yesterday and I hadn't... Uh, I've been there before, but um, they've got no cash. They won't take cash for anything. Um, I sent my son up. He, he's 13 years old. He likes to go up and buy a pie and... Uh, drink, but they wouldn't take his money. Uh, he'd come all the way back, and they only got cards there. And I'm being told I've since contacted someone the other day, and it's due to, due to theft from the staff. They're trying to minimise that, and we all have to pay for that. That's 
ridiculous. I want people to go to the footy. If I want to pay cash, I should be allowed to pay cash. It's legal tender. Yep. Uh, what, no card you can use there, Glenn? I've got cards, but I should have the choice. Yep. No, fair enough. Okay. Well, cashless is something we've uh, obviously had to deal with in some sectors um, post-COVID. I didn't know that was in place at Marvel Stadium, though, Glenn. Um, but uh, I can't provide any clarity on that. But appreciate uh, your call this evening. The full statement from Richmond has come through regarding Daniel Rioli and Shay Bolton, who were involved in an incident at a nightclub over the weekend that has left Shay Bolton with a uh, fractured wrist or a broken wrist. And Richmond saying the altercation again took place after Rioli's girlfriend was subjected to inappropriate behaviour. The Tigers go on to say that Rioli was punched after confronting the patron and suffered a cut under his eye that required two stitches. And then, as we said earlier, Bolton became involved in the altercation after that and sustained a fractured wrist that will require surgery. So Richmond putting a timeline on that at two to three weeks. Off the text, MCG Card only two. To be honest, I've been a card operator for a long time, guys, so I'm probably the wrong person to talk about this. I don't even carry cash cash anymore, but uh, card only is what it is at our football venues, at least in Victoria, we're hearing at the moment. Uh, Paul is in East Burwood. How you doing there, Paul? G'day, Samo. Nice to talk to you. Just a quick question. I've just hopped in the car. Have you heard anything about the decision with um, the North Melbourne player that came off the side of the boot and was deemed deliberate? Yes. Has anything come from that? Uh, from the AFL, you mean, in terms of a clarification? Yeah. No, it has not, Paul. It is not somewhat curiously. Then this is this. We might be jumping the gun here. We have this set for a bit of uh, what grinds your gears a little bit later on. It's been talked up as the worst decision of the season, the worst decision of all time. And for those who don't know what happened here, Cam Zerha had a shot at goal from inside 50, didn't he, Paul, against Collingwood. And he did what happens from time to time. He horribly miscued it. It slewed off the side of his boot and went out of bounds. And he was pinged. Free kick against insufficient intent there, Paul. So, no, I know the AFL from time to time come out and clarify. They have not done so with this particular decision. Should they? Now, I've got another question for you. If that's the case, if if it's deliberate out of bounds if you kick the ball, what about a player who deliberately punches the ball out of bounds? Where's the difference with those ones? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Well, we should get the language right too, Paul. It's not deliberate anymore. And I know commentators are guilty uh, of using this language as well. It's another phrase. It's insufficient intent, which for me just muddies the water even more, to be honest with you. But I'm with you. The balls that are really close to the boundary line that players walk over. I mean, if you're going to ping Cam Zerha for that, then you're going to be paying a lot of free kicks. I think we all acknowledge it was a mistake. And actually, Paul, while I've still got you, did you happen to see Jason Castagna's effort at goal on Friday night against Geelong? No, no, I didn't actually. I was travel up to Mansfield trying to watch it. Um, no, was that the same, was it? Uh, very, very similar. Now, again, to set the scene for you, he had a shot at goal. He tried to check side it or banana it, depending on what language you like, you like to use. He was dead in front of goal, but he was under significant pressure and he's got the wrong side of the ball and it's gone at 90 degrees to his left and straight. Um, I think it ended up going over the line. I'm sure it did. It would have been insufficient intent if the same umpire I've been officiating anyway, Paul. So, yeah, a curious one. We'll get to that one a little bit later on, but appreciate you bringing it to us uh, off the top. Off the temper text, is it even legal to knock back cash? It's illegal for vendors to not take cash. It's legal tender. Some of that feedback there as well. And some people saying suggest uh, suggest take the card, but of course not everyone has a card. Some kids don't have cards if they're they're taking cash to the game. 
and uh, and all the rest of it. So anyway, it's uh, it's cashless at those particular uh, venues. Off the temper text, you can't hide from your missus how many beers you've had if it's all on the statement. Well, they might be cutting to the heart of it there off the temper text. We'll take a break here. We're off and running. Gee, what a busy afternoon it's been in the world of football. You are going to have your say on the injuries at Richmond. Shea Bolton, North can't take a trick, of course. Terrible run of injuries there. Jaden Stevenson, the last one there. And also Jeremy Howe, potentially out for the remainder of the season with surgery now required on that hamstring that he strained against West Coast several weeks ago. Haven't injuries just been a real topic of conversation this year? We'll get to uh, the Magoo's report, probably timely. Who's left? Reinforcement-wise, we'll see who's uh, making headlines in the second-tier competitions right after this. You're welcome to take part anytime. Time on. We'll be back shortly. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Yeah, great to have your company here on Time On. It's been a hectic start, a hectic afternoon in the footy world. Just regarding the injuries at uh, North Melbourne, Jaden Stevenson, the most recent of those. Surgery tonight on a fractured wrist, about 14 on the injury list. Dom's just texting about the uh, the Cam Zerha insufficient intent. Sam, the three most grey rules in the game conspired against North on Saturday night. Insufficient intent, contact below the knees, and protected area twice. And in regards to their injuries, this text just come through. I wasn't aware of this. Check North Melbourne's VFL side. They finished with 17 players. Gee, they're having a shocking run at the moment. And as we know, the club that can probably least afford to. Alex is in uh, Black Rock. Alex, have you taken a deep breath? You want to talk about the footy news of the last couple of hours? How's it going, mate? Uh, going well. Uh, just in the cup in the last hour, really, has been massive, like, amount of injuries there has yes there has um north melbourne Jaden stevenson jeremy howe with another setback and then essen and a couple of blows as well yeah so jock coldwell we reported this at sen on saturday he was uh, training during the week obviously trying to get back from that uh hamstring injury that was a significant one six to eight week uh injury initially in round two i believe against port adelaide when essen played over there and he was getting relatively close to returning, but he's given it another good rip and has to go in for another uh, bout of surgery on that hamstring, Alex. So, geez, he's a bit like Jeremy Howe. His season's in real jeopardy as well, which is which is a shame. And and Jai Colwell does have a history, unfortunately, of hamstring uh, injuries. And uh, I think the early signs, and they were very early, were pretty promising, though, at Essendon. Yeah, it's very stiff. I feel for him. But I think it's probably the right move. Apparently, he's getting surgery tomorrow. He'd probably rather that he gets surgery and then gets himself right for next season rather than, you know, rushing in and hurting himself again and just keep on, it keeps happening and re-hurting himself. So it's probably the right move to get surgery and just get him get him right for the next season. No, absolutely. And there's probably scar tissue there and all sorts of issues from him over, over a period of time. Good on you, Alex. You're right. It's been a, one of those afternoons where uh, if your club hasn't copped an injury uh, in, in recent times, you, you're certainly counting and uh, thanking your lucky stars because uh, every club seemingly has a massive injury list on their hands at the moment. Good on you, Alex. Tom is in South Australia. Tom, you want to talk about the Blues? Yeah. yeah. Uh, before I start, um, what's the word? How's Charlie, how's Charlie going? Charlie Curno, no, he's said to be making yeah. some progress, Tom. Yeah, he was back uh, in the rehab group last week, so back into some some meaningful training, I suppose. So, yeah, baby steps, as we know, with Charlie. But I think the timeline is still, as was initially forecast, and that is a uh, return in the, in the second half of the season. Yeah, I wouldn't be risking him too much. I reckon get him, see if we can get him fit for next year, let's be honest. But anyhow, what's, what's happened with us? Because... 
not just me, there's a lot of supporters think, you know, what was Paddy Cripps doing the last quarter when you had Bonte Pedley running around, around the muck, all right, because he, he's a champion, that guy, and we had, we had Paddy on the last quarter on the bench. What's going on there? Yeah, he got, it does happen from time to time. Tommy got stuck on the bench. It's hard to believe that can happen, but uh, I think he started the last quarter on the bench and just by the way nature of the way the game was being played and where it was being played, they just couldn't get him on the ground. I think Adam Saad as well spent something like uh, 10 minutes on the bench at one particular point. So that can happen from time to time, but I agree, a bad look when you're giving in the process of giving up a 27-point uh, lead late in the third quarter and having one of your... Well, they have a lot of them, don't they? Um, switch off moments, lapses as Carlton do from time to time. This one happened to be in the last quarter. But uh, since your frustration, you're certainly not on your own time. I actually watched that game and thought they played better against um, better against the Western Bulldogs in the loss than they did against Essendon in the win. But there you go. Um, thanks for the call, Tom. Uh, appreciate that. Now, we said we'd get to the Magoo's report after the just the... F- absolute spate of injuries, not just uh, today and this week, but in recent weeks. I feel like we say the same every week here on Time On, but the Magoo's report, well, it's essential uh, essential reading, I would have thought, given most clubs looking to that second tier now and really having their depth tested. We'll start with Adelaide, who got a meaningful contribution from their forward slash ruck, Billy Frampton, in the Sandfall on Saturday. Billy actually kicked 4-2 from 16 disposals. It was a 14-point loss to Port Adelaide, but he played well. And former giant Jackson Haightley, new at the club, of course, 26 possessions, one goal, one, and a game-high 13 tackles. So Jackson Haightley putting his hand up for the Crows. At the Blues, probably just in the nick of time, I think this young fella's come back from injury, given Mark Pitnett probably needs a bit of a chop out. It's the highly rated youngster Tom DeConning. He was in good form in his second game back from injury in the VFL. It was 34 hitouts, 12 disposals in a, in a tight three-goal loss to Footscray. Paddy Dow, again, uh, responded, 22 disposals. And uh, Matt Kennedy, Nick Newman, Will Setterfield and Tom Williamson all uh, on the fringes of uh, senior selection with 24 touches each. At Collingwood, Trent Bianco starred for the Pies. It was a four-point win over Coburg on Saturday. 29 touches, seven tackles and a goal. Finlay McRae was omitted from the seniors, obviously, leading into last weekend. He had 29 disposals. Jay Rantel had 26, so they were pretty solid for Nathan Buckley. I wonder how many games Josh Jenkins, the veteran forward at Geelong, would get a game in. How many other sides would he play for? Can't get a look in, obviously, at the Cats for obvious reasons. Well, he put on an absolute clinic in the VFL on Thursday night. Seven goals, five, nine marks, 23 disposals against the Northern Bull Ants. Admittedly, a fair size gap uh, in talent, isn't there, between that uh, particular VFL game and the top level. But I just wonder if he'd get a look in anywhere else. And after being omitted from the seniors, young Hawk Finn McGuinness will impressed for Box Hill as well. 23 disposals, six marks and five tackles for him. Tristan Cherry at North Melbourne. Geez, he might have to play regardless, but he was good. Strong performance for North Melbourne against Southport on Saturday. 27 touches, 21 hitouts as well. They did go down by 107 points as well. So there was a text coming through earlier that they finished with 17. Well, they went down by 107 points for the second week in a row. So that shows you the state of uh, disaster that North Melbourne are in at the moment. Winless at AFL level, hammerings at VFL level, and an injury list as long as the Flemington straight, uh, just for good measure. Port Adelaide, Riley Bonner, he put his hand up for senior selection. Two goals, 26 touches, 
Port had that 14-point win over Adelaide, as I said, in the Sandful on Saturday. And given that Scott Lysett will be suspended, he's been sent straight to the tribunal, of course, for that dangerous sling tackle on Ned McHenry of the Crows. Peter Laddams, of course, the uh, reserve ruck there at the power. He kicked 3-1. He did play forward. 3-1, 16 touches in the Sandful as well. Joel, Joel Garner had two goals from 21 disposals. And Sam Hayes is the other one they've got uh, rucking Port Adelaide at Sandford level, but he's said to not exactly be banging the door down. Josh Jenkins would be perfect for Collingwood off the temper texties. They'd take him at the moment, wouldn't they? Um, went there last year, couldn't really break in uh, consistently any stretch of that. Will, when will Willie Rioli return to the Eagles lineup? That's from Dean. I can't remember the exact date, Dean, but he's due to return to training there in the next few weeks. And then senior selection or availability will be a little bit later on in the season. But I know he can get back down to Perth, relocate shortly and get stuck into training down there for a period of time before he, uh, he can be eligible um, as per the rules again for senior selection. Sam, in the fourth quarter, Lockie Hunter was awarded a kick for high contact, which resulted in a goal. If you look at the vision, he pulled his head back before any contact. Will the AFL actually do anything to deter such behaviour? Nope. He's a bulldog after all. Good on you, MG. Um, MG just insinuating there the dogs might uh, get the rub of the green with the umpires. Uh, what else off the temper text here? Just having a look through. Um, Sam, boundary umpires showing the ball in 10 metres short. Eat some bloody wheat bicks. That might be a grind my gears a little bit later on as well. We might come to that. That is strange. They can't quite get the mustard sometimes to uh, pump the ball back into the uh, field of play, as you would expect. You're welcome to have your say on any of the topics we've brought to you off the top as well. Scott West losing patience uh, with Luke Beveridge over the selection or non-selection of his son, Riley, in a since-deleted Facebook post and the absolute injury chaos that uh, has engulfed the AFL this afternoon. Um Jaden Stevenson out for a period of time now, about to go under the knife. Uh, Shea Bolton, you would assume, will also have surgery as well. That one is a developing story. A no club fight involving Dan Rioli. He'll miss uh, two to three weeks, Richmond uh, saying there. And Jeremy Howe with a potentially season-ending hamstring injury, um, re-aggravating it at training uh, during the week when he was narrowing and zeroing in on a comeback from the hamstring injury he suffered against the West Coast Eagles. You're listening to Time On. You're welcome to join us at any stage throughout the rest of the show. one 736 736 433 is the temper text number. And again, we can be found on the socials on Twitter at Time On SEN. On the other side of this, we'll get to the coaches' corner, the best of the coaches' press conferences from their post-match uh, conversations on the other side of this. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Hello, great to have your company on Time On. Sam Edmund with you. Great to have your company this evening. James Jordan is the Rising Star nominee for Round 8 from the Melbourne Football Club. So James Jordan getting the nod there. If you're a Melbourne fan, you are loving what he's offering at the moment. Uh, great result. So he's the nominee for round eight. And this text just came through. Hi, Sam. This is from Mark and Werribee. Uh, great show. Did you notice Marcus Bontempelli walked a lap waving to fans by himself after the game? Can you read anything into this? Uh, I can't, Mark, to be honest with you. I think, uh, I don't know. I would look in, into that in any way, shape or form. If you're alluding to his contract, I think uh, there's absolutely no doubt he's staying at the football club and uh, that announcement will be made shortly. Um, but 
That'll take time. All those big deals do, of course. And we've got uh, Paddy Cripps at Carlton, Harry Mackay there as well. So some big deals still to get down in the AFL this year in terms of players staying. Shea Bolton is another one of those. But I think they all stay. They just take a little bit of time. Mention the coach's corner. It's time to get to that now. And I left it at that. Now you want to continue with it. Next question. How does it impact Next question. Thanks, Tony. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, mate. You're quite brilliant, Shane. Eh? Yeah, terrific. Keith, you've done that stepping up bloody thing. Get around, Will! Get it off quick! Rock it, rock it, rock it. We can't think. I like it. Benny Lyon doing some great work there with our new stinger for Coach's Corner. Unfortunately, Nothing quite that spicy this weekend, but uh, give it time. Let's go back. We'll start uh, with the Blues. David Teague, well, he was pretty honest. He just said they're not good enough at the moment. I think all three phases of the game is is still a work in progress. And, um, yeah, right now we're not good enough. It's as simple as that. Every week we're going to do uh, pick the team we think is going to take this club forward. Um, one, to win that weekend and, and also to take us to where we're going to. And I, have a, I know our fans will probably get frustrated, some will, but I've got a lot of confidence in this group. Um, it's going to take time. We can see it's not happening as quick as we would have loved, but I still think we're on the right path. First time I think David Teague's acknowledged that the fans might be getting a little bit frustrated. So, uh, look, your feedback seeping into the club there. It was a strange... Weekly press conference, the L before the game, uh, talks of shootouts and, um, and and the like. Anyway, there was a shootout all right late on, and it all came from uh, red, white, and blue. Alistair Clarkson, the Hawks, another heavy defeat, and he uh, provided an update, well, his point of view anyway, on the state of the list at his disposal. The philosophical side of us, when we, when we look at our list, and some of it's just misfortune, um, some of it's luck, but, um, you know, Gunston, Gunston's a high-quality player. Amir is a high-quality player for us. Sicily's a high-quality player for us. So in each part of the ground, those guys are missing. You know, Granger, Barras and Day are really emerging young players for us that we've taken as first-round picks in the last two years, and they're both missing extended periods with injury. Lists have these difficulties from time to time in terms of their depth, um, and the really good clubs cover it pretty well, and um, we're not covering it as well as we'd like at the minute. But by and large, we just need to hang in there with this group of lads that are getting some exposure to play. And we've just got to keep their spirits up as high as we can. Um, and that of our coaches as well, because we're working hard, uh, but we're just not seeing the results on the field as much as we'd like at the present time. Alistair Clarkson there. Yeah, they've copped it too, haven't they? Wingard's missed games. Sicily, you mentioned O'Meara's missed games. Uh, Will Day's missed games, of course. Uh, Johnny Segler, the list goes on and on. Before we move through the rest of the coaches, Corey is... Uh, no, he hasn't rung through from Bendigo. We might come back to Corey a little bit later on. Port Adelaide won the showdown and uh, Ken Hinkley fronted the press alongside uh, now the third, three-time uh, showdown medalist in Travis Boak. And they spoke about the showdown... And also the importance of the the prison bar uh, wearing post match as well. Uh, this this Guernsey means so much to our community, to our footy club, everyone who represents it, everyone who's played in it, um, and everyone who's been around the club, and, and certainly the players as well. And um, to sing the song in this Guernsey is is special, and and we're able to do that tonight. And it was that was planned. Um, you know, if we come off winning, we'd, we'd sing it in uh, in this Guernsey and, and show our fans that. You know, it means just as much to our to the players as it does the community, and it was a, it was a great great moment. No, no, it's a it's a signal, it's a, a show of respect for our heritage, for for our past, and for our great people that that played in, as Trav mentioned, for our our people who turn up 
43-odd thousand again tonight to turn up and represent this footy club. We started and we began as Port Adelaide and we still are. And, uh, you know, part of that journey is this amazing jumper, which the boys love and the club loves and every one of the people who support this footy club love it. And couldn't be more proud of the fact that we had to wait till after the game, but we'll recognise it as often as we have to. In which part of the response? Hopefully now we might have heard the last of that jumper for a little while too. Um, I think I speak for most of us when I say that. What about at Essendon? Jake Stringer had finally got a good head of steam up uh, this season, kicking goals, having a real influence at centre bounces and stoppages, and then moving forward and hitting the scoreboard. Well, unfortunately for him, yet another injury story. He's got a hamstring strain. We're told it's relatively minor. Well, this is Ben Rutten speaking about the injury immediately after the game. Yeah, he did. Um, so we're not quite sure. He was kind of good enough, but but not. Um, so we tried to persist with him a bit, but in the end, we we had the sub there, and um, you know, I thought you know, Guelphie to come on, come on and do what he did. I thought he had a, a pretty serious impact on the game too, which is fantastic. So, um, but yeah, we'll need to wait and get some more information before we know um, the detail on Stringer. So it's a hamstring at this stage. That's all you know. It looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, but he was still functioning okay, so we're not sure the extent of it. Ben Rutten there speaking earlier. Uh, just off the text, Sam, is Rolly West another out-of-contract bulldog? I would welcome him at Arden Street in some sort of package combo deal with Ed Richards. I think Rolly West is contracted until the end of 2022 as it stands. I think he uh, he did sign an extension not too long ago, maybe August, late August or late 2019 at some point anyway. So Rolly West locked in until 2022 at uh, the Witten Oval. Corey's rung back from Bendigo. How you doing, Corey? Good, Sammy. Thanks for taking me call, mate. Pleasure. I uh, just wanted to talk about uh, Sean Griggs' influence on Friday night. Um, looked as though he went around and spoke to all the line coaches at quarter time. Yeah. And then the Cats looked to get their, their ball movement going and it changed the, the course of the game, I thought. Yeah, I saw that vision. It was amazing, wasn't it? And we, and if you watched uh, all the relative documentaries, Sounding the Alarm was the most recent one and also Making Their Mark. It, they do lean on him a lot, Corey, and goes to show the players who have uh, who have changed clubs as well, they can have a significant say on uh, on the, the tactics and, and the, the strategies employed against their old side. Yeah, too right. So, yeah, I thought it was a huge impact for him on the weekend. That was a very big win, wasn't it, by the Cats? Good on you, Corey. Thanks for for calling in. Not just the fact they won it, but just how emphatic the the performance was there. Um, they just ran away with that game. Gee, they were hugely impressive, the Geelong Football Club. Uh, Lockie Hunter played out the game against the Blues, of course, with that broken bone in his hand. He's going to have surgery as well. And Luke Beveridge, actually, good on him. He volunteered this information right at the very end of his press conference on Sunday night. That Lockie Hunter's got a thought, you know, Lockie played, we think he's got a broken hand. So he is a pretty determined, um, tough effort to get through the game. So there's a chance that he might um, need a plate put in that. We'll go and have that x rayed now. And um, yeah, it happened um, somewhere in the middle of the game. Okay. Yeah. So he, he's seen that out and, it, you know, his voice and his message was, no, I'm okay. And, and, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, if you've had them before, they sting a bit. So it was, it was a great effort for him to keep playing. The Collingwood Football Club back on the winner's list, uh, their second win. And, look, they weren't fantastic, but let's be honest, they did what they had to do and they defeated North Melbourne by 18 points there. And it wasn't just the fact they won the game. It was 
that their players who had been down really came back into form, didn't they? And obviously Darcy Moore going back did what he does best in that part of the ground and dominated. Jordan Dugowie, six goals, three, 17 touches. Now we want to see it most weeks. Not necessarily the six, but the contribution and the meaningful contribution and playing close to what uh, his ceiling uh, would suggest. So we look to see some consistency from Jordan Dugowie and so many others. Braden Maynard, stellar game. Jack Chris got back into it as well. So a shot in the arm for several Collingwood players. Brody Grundy, I thought, back with the bang as well. 25 disposals and 23 hitouts. And defensively, they were better, which uh, pleased Nathan Buckley. And he spoke about the club getting back to their DNA. Yeah, no, back to our DNA in regards to the way we defend and 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 focusing sort of on that over, over all else. And, um, yeah, our contest was really good early. Third quarter, centre bounce was a concern. Uh, Pendles went in and and helped us rectify that. We can still be cleaner, especially from inside to outside and, and, and our ball use to, to, to connect inside forward 50. Nathan Buckley there off the text. Is this the best year of AFL we've seen in a long time in regard to evenness amongst the top eight? Well, it might be. We know Melbourne are the only team undefeated, but then below them, you've got the Western Bulldogs and uh, five teams only separated by two wins. And we've got one, two, four teams at five and three now as well, Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney and West Coast. So pretty tight. And then a clutch of teams on four and four as well. St Kilda, Fremantle, GWS and Richmond. So she is tight at the top. John's in uh, Mill Park. Thanks for joining us, John. Sam, how are you? They're going well. Yeah, just, um, I think uh, we need to cool the heels a bit on Friday night, eh? Oh, do we? I mean, uh, as emphatic as it was, they did the same thing to Richmond in 2018. They beat us by 72 points in Geelong yep. when they would have been seen in the finals. Yep. So let's not let's not uh, start crowing too much. I mean, they played very well, and congratulations to them. But um, you know, last year Richmond had Prestia, then Curvis, Edwards, Cooley, Grimes, Lambert out for periods of time, and they all came back. The rest of the competition then realised what we're all about. Now I'm not saying that that's going to happen again this year, but look out if it does, because I still believe that come the end of the year, if we are in form, and all the other teams, if they're in form, I don't believe anyone can stand up to Richmond. And that's my honest belief. Well, you've got every right to have that belief, John. I think a lot of the praise around this game, though, has centred on this game, to be fair. I don't think anyone's cast forward and said Richmond can't win the Premiership or Geelong's going to win the Premiership or it's all doom and gloom for Richmond. I think a lot of the praise just centred on the fact that uh, Geelong were just so good on the night, to be honest. And... uh, Nothing gets people excited like uh, goal bags. And we had three of them, of course, with uh, Rowan, Jeremy Cameron and, and Tom Hawkins. And we know the publicity around Jeremy Cameron coming to the club. So I ticked a few boxes in a media sense. And also because I don't think anyone saw it coming, to be brutally honest. But I don't think anyone's getting too carried away about what it means going forward. From my point of view, John, I won't believe Richmond can't win it until I see the back of them come the final series. If that happens, you wouldn't write them off until it actually takes place, that's for sure. Good on you. You've got every reason to be confident in your boys, John. Although, they want to get across this uh, medical department because she's ballooning out now at a pretty rapid rate. We need to take a break here, though, on Time On. We'll be back after this. I want to know, what is grinding your gears from the weekend. Give us a thought, something that's been bugging you over the weekend. You can get it off your chest after this break. Anything you like, one 736 736 what's uh, grinding your gears after this? $1,000 off our steel frame homes. Award-winning designs built to last with Australian-made steel frames and a Colourbond steel roof. 
added peace of mind and a 50-year structural warranty. Don't miss out on up to $30,000 off your new home. Visit jgkinghomes.com.au. Limited time only. T's and C's apply. Licence number CDBU49366. Hey, what's a pirate's favourite cheese? Cheddar. Oh, that was cheesy. Speaking of cheesy, have you tried Macca's new cheese and bacon McChicken? Their cheese and bacon McSpicy or the cheese and bacon chicken deluxe? Part of Macca's chicken menu. Too good to keep to yourself. Available after 10.30am for a limited time. How can you survive financial trouble? I could never understand how people could get into financial troubles until I became that person. It wasn't easy to go see a financial counsellor, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Asking for help may seem embarrassing, but there are people who care and want to help. I'm Richard Fox from messagesofhope.org.au. For help to reduce your financial stress, there are free PDFs, videos and podcasts at messagesofhope.org.au. Conducted heating star upgrade sale is now on at Coldflow. That's right, get a five-star Braemar ducted heater for the price of a four-star and save. Call now and keep your family warm and comfortable this winter and save with Coldflow. Hurry, sale won't last. Call 1300 880 688. That's 1300 880 688. Coldflow. The Bensley program continues to present racing's newsmakers like Warrnambool trainer Simon Wilde on spring plans for talented mayor Charlie Rose. We're going to aim up at the Melbourne Cup. You know, we can always come back. We probably need to be winning a race or two to be able to get into the race. I think if she got in, she'd, she, you know, she's the type of horse that could be very competitive. So we're going to aim high and uh, if we have to come back, we do. Bensley, live Monday to Thursday mornings on SEN Track. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. You know what really grinds my gears? No! God, please, no! No! I just think somebody owes us an explanation, that's all. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Yes, what grinds your gears? I'll tell you what grinds my gears. The insufficient intent adjudication completely lost its marbles over the weekend. With what have many claimed is the worst decision we'll see this year, some have said ever, North Melbourne's Cam Zerha had a free kick paid against him for failing to keep the ball in when he shanked a, a shot at goal from inside 50. It was an amazing decision, one which drew a chuckle from Zerha and some disbelief, a shake of the head from David Noble. Here's how it went down on the night and in the aftermath. It off to Zerha, who sprays it horribly. It goes closer to the arc of the 50 than it did to the goals, and he was standing at centre-half forward. So he's had a and shot. He's played it. Deliberate. What? What on earth has just happened here? So, uh, Sam Zerha has had a shot from inside the paint at about 48 metres for goal, sprayed off the outside of the boot, and it's nearly landed 40 metres away from the goals, and the umpire has called it deliberate. Well, the worst umpiring decision that we've seen this year uh, happened in the North Melbourne Collingwood game yesterday. Have a look at this. Uh, failing to keep the ball in is what they call it, I think. Zerhar's having a shot for goal. Comes off the side of his boot, goes out of bounds, and the umpire has pinged him. No. Deliberate out of bounds. He did, Bill. I promise no. you. I back that up. It's the worst decision that I've ever seen. I, I, I'd love the umpire to come out and just, just give us an insight into his train of thought. Like, you can't possibly think a player in their Ford 50 who's got a little bit of space is going to deliberately kick the ball yeah. out of bounds when he's in reach of the goal. Oh, well, look, I, I, I can't comment. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly be making a phone call early in the week about it. 
Yeah. About that specifically? Yep. And the 50s. And the delivery in the second quarter? Well, I, I, I can't remember a forward trying to have a shot and it, he wasn't going for a stoppage. So, look, look all I'll say is it's, it's bloody hard for the umps. Like, let's not, you know, beat around the bush. It's, it's really tough out there. So we've got a fair bit of our own stuff to improve. There's no doubt about it. But I think, um, and look, this won't be the first week, you know, you make a phone call. I think most of us will get clarity. It's not about disputing the decision. It's about trying to understand their process of decision-making and then how we can pass that back to our players to give them a better understanding. Jack's in Adelaide. Jack, I think you want to talk about deliberate out-of-bounds. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Sammy. Thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, exactly right. I just don't know um, if the AFL are coming or going at the moment. Last year we had, you know, the season where they tried everything out and it was, you know, it was all those words, flexible and agile, right? And it just seems that um, this year and towards the end of last year, they're not willing, and I hope they change the team announcements. Anyway, that's a, that's a uh, side note, and I hope they do it. But they're not willing to listen and change things on the fly. You know, I think... Something that was, has worked here in Adelaide with the Sandville has been last possession yep. rule. And I think maybe not AFL, but just in between the arcs um, and in the 50s could be a different story. Anything that makes the umpire's life easier, you know, I'm an umpire myself, and any rule that comes in, even though the ruck rule was a bit silly, um, you know, and a few of the stand rules, at least it makes the umpire's life easier and less open to interpretation. So I think anything that the AFL can do to make the umpires' life easier uh, would ease the pressure on umpires and everyone just would get a bit less frustrated. So Good on you, Jack. Now, I appreciate the call. Thanks for joining us. We've got just enough time to get to Daniel in uh, Elwood. Daniel, what's grinding your gears before we wrap up? Mate, we've spoken about a few fun things last few weeks, Sammy, but Zach Williams, I've been holding on to him oh, for, yes. for a little while. And uh, the, the saddest thing about Zach Williams, mate, is I reckon he would have been a great get as a halfback flanker on 650 a year. Apparently, I mean, Kane Corns on SEN reported 900 is the number that's getting bad in around now. Tell me, Sam, how are we going to get a decent price on Cripps if that's the precedent? How are we going to get a decent price on Walsh if that's the precedent in 12 months' time, their managers are going to be asking for one, 1.2, you know, if that's the, the benchmark. So horrible this management decision to pay him that much money, if it's true, and I just hope the bloke can turn it around because I don't think he's our great white hope midfielder getting 900k a year. Yeah, good on you, Daniel. And he was poor on the weekend, wasn't he? He's had some Achilles soreness, missed a couple of games as well, just invisible yesterday and, and clearly uh, not at 100% fitness either, Zach Williams. So he's certainly got some work to do to, to build into the season and justify the recruitment uh, and the faith that Carlton have showed in him. Appreciate your call, Daniel. Uh, what grinds my gears, says Mortimer and Cranbourne North, ex-presidents who act like children. Yeah, I reckon once you get into uh, insults about the size of another chairman's nose, we've probably heard enough on the debate about the prison bar jumper. Appreciate your time tonight. Been a massive uh, afternoon in football. We'll catch you this time next week. Six o'clock for time on. Sammy Hargraves is next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.